0: morning it appears as all is well the day promises no problems yet only hours later devastating news can come in a phone call and send us spiraling out of control into turmoil and confusion and chaos it can all change in a moment amen The weather is a prime example. It can be bright and sunny at noontime and only to see a ferocious thunderstorm pop up in the afternoon out of nowhere. Amen? And such storms have spun off tornadoes that have leveled whole neighborhoods only to dissipate into the air when they're finished. And just as quickly as they're there, they're gone and leave behind blue skies and sunshine and acres of devastation. I'll never forget the time I went fishing with my daddy. As a boy, and we got out on the lake, and it was a beautiful day. It was just a gorgeous day, and then one of those storms popped up, and we were way out away from the boat dock, and Daddy, we was catching fish, and Daddy kept saying, well, we'll go in just a minute. We'll go in in just a minute, and it got bad, and we was racing that boat off that water trying to beat that storm, watching the lightning in the back. You know how it is. It wasn't a good situation. We made it, thank God. Amen, but it just comes up real fast comes up all of a sudden it's one minute it's not there and the next minute it is and and life is like that amen life can be going well and going good and everything's rocking right along and then all of a sudden it's all in chaos and turmoil and confusion tonight we're going to look at the story of paul and silas who in their dark midnight hour sing praises to the lord what do you do when the sun quits shining what do you do when everything gets turned upside down what do you do when trouble comes out of nowhere let me tell you what you do. You do the thing you were made to do. You do the same thing you should have been done doing when the sun was shining. Amen. You lift your voice uh, and you give glory to the King of kings uh, and the Lord of lords. Uh, because no matter what's going on in my life, uh, no matter what's going on around me, no matter what's happening in my circumstance uh, or my situation, uh, he's worthy of my praise. Amen. So our miracle this evening is contained in Acts chapter 16. And Paul and Silas, along with the ministry team that traveled with them, arrive at Philippi. It's a leading city in the area of Macedonia, and they're there to try to start a work. And it was a Sabbath day when they arrived, so immediately they went to a riverside where people customarily met to pray. And there they met some women, including a lady named Lydia, who was a seller of purple. And the Lord opened her heart to Paul's words, and she and all of her household were baptized. And after that, Paul accepted an invitation from her for him and his party to stay at her home. And so they had accommodations, and they've got a convert, and they've got a work started. And the ministry in Philippi was off to a good start from the very beginning. Everything looked good it seemed as if God was blessing what they were doing. They went in the will of God. They went on faith, and now the anointing of God has met them there, and God started opening doors, uh, amen, started to make a way, starting to build up a church and build up a work. But if you continue reading just a a few days later, they, they go to prayer and as they're on their way to prayer a slave girl possessed with a spirit a divination came upon paul and his team and this girl had told fortunes to for her masters that's how she made them a substantial profit she made them money because she was gifted in this area of divination by uh, a demonic power and she could see things and she could tell them And acts chapter 16 and verse 17 says the same speaking of that girl followed Paul and us and cried saying these men are the servants of the most high God which show unto us the way of salvation that slave girl didn't make that proclamation just once she didn't do it just on a single day but she continued to do it every single day to the point that it annoyed Paul and Even though what she said was true, these are the servants of the Most High God. And they do come. To show us the way of salvation. Paul recognized that she was possessed with an evil spirit. And so one day he had had all he could take, and he just turned around in Acts 16, 18. And and this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. So frustrated that, that she was following them around and frustrated that she kept calling out and maybe disrupting what they were doing even though what she was speaking was truth. Uh, Amen. With an apostolic anointing of the Holy Ghost on him. Amen. Paul finally turns around. He doesn't address the girl. He addresses the demon. And he says, buddy, you got to go. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, you got to go. And when you speak the name of Jesus uh, with the authority of that name, uh, amen, when there's power in that name, you've been baptized in that name and it's yours to speak amen and when you speak that name uh, demons have to listen amen that wasn't in my notes we may be here a little longer than I planned no <laughs> amen so the, the owners of this young lady she was a slave and they're upset because she no longer make them a profit by telling fortunes because the means by which she tells the future is gone the demon has left her and so the girls' owners dragged Paul and his crew, or actually Paul and Silas before the authorities. And six verse sixteen, our chapter sixteen, verse twenty says, and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being. Romans And and I'm not going to have the time this evening to get into the latter half of this chapter. But what these men don't understand is that Paul is a Roman. They're about to judge him, beat him, and imprison him. And when they do, they break Roman law. Amen. And so later on at the end of the story, when they come and say, we're going to let you go. We just want you to leave. Paul said, no, you're not. You're going to apologize publicly because I am a Roman citizen and you've broken the law. Amen. But they assume they're just Jews, and they they bring them up on accusations. Those accusations turned all the people against Paul and Silas. Verse 22 says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, the the safest place, the deepest, darkest part of it, and made their feet fast in stocks. So he he put them in stocks and chains and making sure they're not going to go anywhere. Amen. Making sure they're not going to get away. Now you got to remember we're talking about Paul and Paul's on a missionary journey. He's on a mission from God. Amen. He came to Philippi to plant a church. Uh, he came to Philippi to preach the gospel and he's, he's coming to this city and right away God's led him to a lady named Lydia and he's had a conversion and her whole household and he's got a, a church going and he's got a work going uh, then all of a sudden everything's gone sideways amen set that girl free from a demon you would think that's a good thing but Paul and Silas were cast into prison for doing that good deed. And it appeared probably to Paul that no matter what he did, even though he was trying to do the will of God, things were getting out of control. Amen. He's been beat. Uh, he's been put in chains. Uh, he's been thrown into prison. Uh, nothing's going the way he intended for it to go. I'm sure when he set out for Philippi, prison wasn't in his vision for the future. Amen. It's important to note that even when we're doing what we feel like God wants us to do, even when we're working in the ministry that God has given us, things don't always go the way we hoped that they would go. Things aren't always smooth. I can tell you from a pastor's perspective, amen, every time the phone rings, there's a, there's a 50-50, maybe an 80-20 chance that it's going to be bad news instead of good news. Amen? It, it's there. It's, it's constant. It's that steady. that steady, even though I'm in the will of God, even though I'm doing the will of God, even though I'm pursuing the purpose of God, things don't always go as smoothly as I would want them to go. In fact, God does not promise us that will never face difficulty. I'm going to John 16, Brother Dennis. Uh, it, it's quite the opposite that's true. Jesus told his disciples in John 16 and 33. John 16 and 33. He said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Okay, we like that. Going to have peace in him, right? And in the world you shall have Tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So Jesus has guaranteed us both peace and persecution. Amen. He's promised us triumph. And tribulation. Therefore, no matter what we face, whether it's while we're doing the work of the Lord or just going about our daily lives, uh, we're going to find ourselves in situations that sometimes are not pleasant, that sometimes uh, are out of our control, that sometimes look like everything is against us. Uh, but the good news is that you can trust uh, in Jesus. Amen. He's overcome the world, uh, He'll carry us through it all if we'll let Him. Amen. Now, we can't know exactly what might have gone through Paul's mind, but we do know that whatever those thoughts may have been, he didn't allow them to linger very long. Instead, at midnight, Paul and Silas decided to trust God. and Laying aside fear and worry, those two preachers decided to react to the chaos in faith. And while locked up and not knowing what the next day would bring to them, not knowing if there was more beatings to come with the morning sun, they decided in the midnight hour, we're just going to pray and sing praises to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We don't know how long they sang. We don't know if the music would even sound. I don't even know if Paul could carry a tune in a bucket. I don't know if maybe the other prisoners weren't howling, saying, shut up, or learn to sing. Amen. We don't know exactly how it went. We don't know exactly what it was, but none of that really matters because uh, the prisoners were not Paul's audience. Amen. His audience was the king. uh, And when you sing to him, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be able to carry a tune in a bucket to make it sound pleasing unto him. Amen. You don't have to know all the finer art of singing like brother ryan does i I don't have to be able to do all that fancy stuff to be able to stand in the presence of god and sing in such a way that's pleasing unto him amen man they never put me in a choir before in my life but one of these days i'm going to sing in a choir amen oh come on somebody surely i'm not the only one that's musically deprived challenged what's the politically correct way to say that uh vertically challenged, I'm, I am I uh, am musically challenged, amen? But they were there singing praises to God. As they sang praises to God, it declared their hope in the one who had called them to Philippi in the first place. When you praise God, especially in the midnight hour, powerful things happen. You see, the devil thought he was going to hinder their progress. The devil thought he was going to rob them of their praise. But instead, he inspired it. Paul and Silas probably wouldn't have been praising God at the midnight hour. They'd probably been in bed somewhere asleep. But because the devil had them beaten thrown in a prison cell, there they are, setting up a miracle. Amen? Acts 16 and 26 says that while while they were singing, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Power of God moved in, opened prison doors. That's what happens when you praise God in the midnight hour. Amen the jailer wakes up. The earthquake startles him awake. And he sees the open prison doors. And he is convinced that all the prisoners surely have fled. And knowing that his own life depends on keeping the security of his prisoners entrusted to his care, fear and despair got a hold of his heart and he fell into a panic and and he began to contemplate his limited options and realizing that this breach uh, this failure on his part likely meant that somebody was going to take his life Uh, he decided just to take matters in his own hands Uh, he drew his sword uh, and prepared to kill himself Uh, but acts 16 and 28 says but paul cried with a loud voice saying do thyself no harm for we are all here not just me and silas but everybody stayed the chain of events set in motion when paul cast the evil spirit out of that girl are now resulting in the advancement of the kingdom of god in philippi the jailer calling for light jumps into the cell there occupied by Paul and Silas and falls before them trembling. The scripture says that he brought them out, Acts 16 and 30, and said to them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Apparently the jailer had heard one of the repeated proclamations of that slave girl. She said, These men are the servants of the Most High God and they'll show us the way of salvation. And he said, I've heard it. I believe it's true what I need to do. Amen? Acts 16 and 31 says, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And so when Paul and Silas spoke the word of the Lord to the jailer, and then later at his ho- home to his whole household, the scripture said that the jailer began to wash their stripes, and began to cleanse their wounds. And then uh, Paul and Silas took the jailer and his family and they baptized them together. And after being baptized, the jailer brought Paul and Silas into his home. And he fed them. They rejoiced in their newly discovered faith. And he shared it with his whole family. And the work there in Philippi was launched out of that moment in the midnight hour when the man of God said, you know what? I could sit here and feel sorry for myself. I could sit here and worry about my wounds. I could sit here and sulk over how poorly I've been treated. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to praise my God because he's worthy. Amen? Even though circumstances turn difficult, Even though things spiraled out of control, Paul pressed on with what he believed God had called him to do. He continued to do what he could even when the doors closed and and he heard those prison cells shut behind him. If he had not continued doing what he was called to do, the Philippian jailer and his household may never have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Paul knew life often leads us to situations that we can't control. But what I can control is what I do in those situations. (laughs) Paul had no formula, no, no one, two, three, seven step program to help him escape the problem. But he knew what to do when I'm in the middle of trouble and trial and chaos. It's always appropriate to pray and praise God. It's always appropriate to lift up the name of Jesus. And that's always more spiritually rewarding than giving in to the discouragement uh, and giving in to the self-pity and giving in to all the trouble that's got that seems to be trying to drag you down. And so in this little short lesson about a miracle at midnight, Paul shows us the kind of atmosphere that generates a miracle at midnight. It's an atmosphere of praise. It's an atmosphere of worship. It's an atmosphere of prayer. Amen. He prayed and praised God in his darkest hour. And that kind of worship makes no sense to hell. Hell doesn't know what to do with a worshiper who says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he takes my life Yeah, well, I praise him. Amen. If all the world falls apart around me, I'm still going to lift my hands uh, and give him the glory and the honor and the praise that he deserves. Amen. Would you stand with me? The moral of the story is this. You will find yourself in the midnight hour. It may not happen at midnight. It may happen at three in the afternoon but you're going to find yourself in that dark place where you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. You don't know any solution. You done told everybody you know to pray, and everything's falling apart around you. And in that hour, I'm going to tell you what brings the miraculous power of God. It's when you say, you know what? I'm just going to praise him. I'm just going to praise him. I'm just going to lift him up. I'm just going to magnify His name. I'm just going to praise Him. I wonder what would happen in this house on a Wednesday night if somebody just lift your hands to the presence of the Lord and begin to lift Him up and magnify Him. I come to praise you, Jesus. I come to praise you, Jesus. I come to praise you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord, no matter what's going on. Uh, Amen. My current circumstance uh, is not going to destroy me. It's not going to tear me down. Uh, Amen. I'm going to come out of this stronger than I was when I went into it. Uh, You're about to open up the windows of heaven uh, and pour out a blessing I can't control. Uh, I'm just going to bless you, Lord. I'm just going to praise you, Lord. I'm just going to magnify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next time you find yourself in the midnight hour and you need a miracle, let me encourage you to lift up the Lord. Amen. 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 Are you thankful you come to church on a Wednesday night? I told you I wasn't going to be long. Who timed me? Brother Dennis, how long did I go?